We're a bunch of episodes deep now, and I'm sure you've heard me refer to my partner, Lucas. Um, Given that he's a travel addict himself and also my number one travel partner, it's really a bit absurd that he hasn't actually been on the pod yet. Welcome back to Alpaca My Bags, the podcast where we talk about ethical travel and controversies. I'm Erin. Welcome, Lucas. Tell us about yourself. Hey there, everybody. My name is Luke. Um, I work in Toronto as a market researcher, and yeah, me and Aaron have traveled together since we were like 19 years old, off and on, um, and I've loved every minute of it, and I'm excited to be on the podcast. Oh. oh. Tell us about one of your passions in life. Pickling stuff. <laughs> um, I knew you'd say that. Travel first, and then pickling stuff. Um, and like, curing meat. Those are basically my passions in the world. In case you don't know, Lucas has Italian roots. And this has, I feel like this has shaped a lot of your food favorites. Yeah, totally. Your food passions. So how did you guys meet? Tell me a little bit about it. Do you want to take this? You take it. So me and Aaron, um, so when I first went to, it was the second time I went to Europe um, with my best friend Joey. Uh, and it was a whole like crazy experience. And we did it for four months. And then we were traveling to Greece, and we went to the island of Corfu, to the Pink Palace, the most, I don't know. It's kind of famous on the backpacker trail. Yeah. As like a party hostel. Yeah, definitely. And so me and me and Joey were just like, you know, we're there for three or four days, and we met Aaron, because Aaron was traveling with a different group of people. And so we kind of like hooked up, figuratively, <laughs> and physically. <laughs> And uh, I love how differently you tell this. <laughs> I was telling this on the interview episode, and I was like, "Yeah, I saw him, and the sun was like lighting him up, yeah. and he looked so beautiful." Well, no, it was gorgeous because we we saw each other like on the deck overlooking an ocean. It was really, yeah. it was really, it like, was romantic. like out of a movie. Yeah. Um, and then like we just we kind of hung out those three or four days, and then me and Joey went again and saw her when she was working in Venice and then we hooked up again um, with her in Amsterdam and then after the trip we just kind of kept in touch you know through email um, we sent each other little cute packages in the mail yeah um, and like I felt like we've kind of just gradually gotten closer geographically because I was from Windsor and she's from Ottawa and then she moved to Toronto so it was four hours less for us to like drive or just or to the distance was shorter, so we started going to see each other in, like, 2015, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, now I moved to Toronto, and then we're living together now. Yeah. So that's the story. Did I do a good job of explaining that? Yeah. Okay. I know he doesn't like telling it because it's such a long story, so sometimes when we meet people, especially if we meet them, like, in a hostel, we're just like, oh, we met online, or something, like, basic, so that we don't have to go into it. Well, like Tinder? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we met on Tinder. Okay, so I've tried to count how many countries we've traveled to together, and it's close to 15, I think. Mm. Um, and we've traveled together for up to five months stretches at a time. So we've definitely had our fair share of adventures together. Yeah. 
Um, but we've also had a lot of travel disasters, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Fun. <laughs> so I'm not going to do any article or stat quoting. Today is just about fun travel disasters. Um, we're going to share with you our stories and our experiences. Um, this is a good way of illustrating how travel isn't all relaxation and fun all the time. I mean, the stories are kind of funny in retrospect, but in the moment, a lot of these stories were not that fun. Right. <laughs> but I hope they're funny to people now. Um, they're funny to me. Yeah, they're funny to me too. At the end of each story, we're going to tell you everything that we learned from the experience. So first, food poisoning disasters. God. This is mostly Luke's department because he always gets food poisoning. Okay, you got food poisoning in Laos on a bus. Yeah. Tell us about it. Okay, so we were in Luang Prabang and um, Laos is a gorgeous country. We were there for like three or four days. I think this was the first night. And I had just like gotten through like a bout of food poisoning in Vietnam. So I was like, okay, I'm in the clear. This is good. I feel good. We went out. In Luang Prabang, there's a bunch of people on the street selling food, and there's lots of outdoor buffets. And I got, like, a noodle dish. I don't know. It, was like not, it wasn't anything special. It was just noodles with something in it. And I think like, this is totally fine, man. Like, it's cooked or whatever. And the next morning, I felt fine, and we were going to – where were we going? We were going to, like, a lake waterfalls. something. Yeah, waterfalls. And it was, like, early in the morning, and we were on this bus, and I had a little dry bag with me. Not a, not a big one, but, like, kind of a small one. And I was sitting on the bus, and I just remember thinking, like, fuck, like, not again. I could feel it. I could feel it coming. And I need to interject, because this became a thing between us, where he would get so so sick so often, you would look at me, and I would see it in your eyes, and you'd be like, I don't feel well. And it was like this code between us. I would know. I'd be like, oh, no, he's he's got food poisoning again. Because yeah. he would never say it, but I'd be like, oh, okay. I know what's happening yeah. now. Okay, I'm ready. So I felt it building and building and building. <laughs> and I just like, I can't, like, there's no bathroom on this bus. We're driving, I don't know how long. Like, and I have my dry bag. So I was like, I'm, if I don't fucking do something right now, I'm going to puke all over the seat and it's going to be disgusting. So I took out all the stuff from my dry bag, handed it to Aaron, and I filled that dry bag up with puke. It was so fucking gross. And everyone on the bus, everyone on the bus was like, I just knew I, that was like, I was like, everybody knows, everyone can smell it. And it was hot and humid, and that just makes the smell even worse. Oh, God, it was so bad. It was like vomit bus. And that ruined my dry bag. I could never use that dry bag. I had to throw it, I had to throw it out. I tried to wash it like 15 times with bleach. Puke <laughs> smell never got, never, never got out of it. And then when we actually got to the lakes, I was still puking. Tried to drink some water, puked everything up behind the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that was brutal. It was horrible. <laughs> But the part of it that was the worst was just like, everybody knows I'm puking and I'm ruining everyone's trip. <laughs> Being food sick was so, you were so used to it at that point. You were more concerned about other people. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and this brings me to another time you got severely food poisoned and that was in India. And this one was really funny to me. Like the full story isn't that funny, but it was funny because you, we were walking down the street and you saw this guy selling sandwiches and you were like... Oh, I want a sandwich. And you were like, this is probably a bad idea, but I want this sandwich. Yeah. And you got it, and you ate it, and literally 10 minutes later, you were like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that sandwich. Yeah. Like, it was like India 101, don't eat raw meat. Yeah. It wasn't even that was meat on it. It was just uncooked. It was not cooked vegetables. Yeah. And I just ate it. I remember this dark street. I was so hungry. I hadn't had a sandwich in forever. And 
I just was like, I'm doing it. I don't care. <laughs> and the next day, I was KO'd on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then we were, this is more recent, we took a flight to uh, Jordan and we had a layover in Ukraine. Um, Great flight, we land in Ukraine, we're chilling, like drinking a beer. Um, And then the fateful sentence, you look at me and you say, I don't feel very good. (laughs) And I was like, no. Yeah, how could it happen here? Yeah, but it did, airplane food. And then, um, and... I was alarmed because I went to go get you something, like water or something, and when I came back, you were gone, and all our stuff was just there in the airport, and I didn't know where you were, Um, and it turned out you were in the bathroom puking your brains out. I'm pooing, too. (laughs) Yeah. That was horrible. That was four hours of pure hell. Yeah. And... Everyone, no one spoke English and I was freaking out like are we going to have to skip our next flight yeah. and trying to like communicate with people in the airport and there were these two women attending the bathroom and I didn't even know you were in there so I was like trying to communicate with the women being like is there a man in there <laughs> like with English <laughs> but they were so sweet because they called a doctor to help you yeah he was good too he told us that we had to go to Kiev like the like the proper city because we were in the Kiev airport and he was like you have to go to the hospital and we were like no we can't we have to catch a flight he was obviously he was it wasn't like I was on death's door he just was being a medical professional was like okay like he's obviously suffering from food poisoning he needs to go see a doctor to get this sorted out it's not a good idea he goes on a plane but we were like well you know we have to we just have to so he got he gave me like 10 charcoal tablets and I was like okay it just was literally like a four-hour thing that was hell, 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 hell. And then he gave me the charcoal tablets in his crazy little suitcase. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, I'm, okay, I'm fine. And for the next 12 hours, I was just like, I need to take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you learned from all these food poisoning bouts? I always have a dry bag. <laughs> um, I don't know. I always just, carry charcoal tablets? Yeah, always have like um, Imodium and stuff. I know that. I know now. I think my stomach's never really been the same after all this. And this and the, the, the Laos stuff happened in 2017, and the Kiev thing happened recently, a couple months ago. But I would probably take Ducarol, because you can take Ducarol tablets. I don't know if it's tablets or liquid or something, but you take it a certain amount of time before you actually go. I would definitely do that. Um, stay away from anything sketchy. Like, if you have even an inkling in your brain that something can make you sick, then probably don't eat it. I know it's hard because, like, I, I'm, I don't know. I like to consider myself, like, I like eating food, you know? <laughs> All right. Long bus rides. Long bus rides are always prone for disaster. But, um, <laughs> like, they're pretty much always awful. But this one was probably our worst bus ride ever. It was from Udaipur yeah. to Mumbai. Yep. Like, I don't even know where to begin. We were promised... Like an air-conditioned coach, like beautiful, like beautiful and gorgeous. Like it, it was too good, could, too good to be true. We fell for it. Yeah, and it was like, hey, we can totally do sixteen hours. Totally, it's not a big deal at all. We'll sleep the whole time, um, and we'll just get a bunch of food beforehand, and it'll be fine. And it, it was sixteen hours of yeah, also pure hell. Yeah, it was like we temporarily forgot we were in India for a second. Like nice bus rides don't exist. There was, like, imagine the most pot-holy road 
in Ontario you can possibly imagine. Imagine that on a bus for 16 hours straight. Like I'm not, that's not an over-exaggeration. No. And we were over the wheel. Yeah, we were at the back because everyone took the best seats in the middle. Yeah. So every time there was a pothole, which was like once every 0.4 seconds, <laughs> it was like you were thrown into the air. I remember at one point, like my yeah. head hitting the ceiling. Yeah, it was like not, like it was, I was bouncing yeah. so much. And post-apocalyptic sleep. for sure. Yeah. I was freaking out because like there were no bathrooms and every time the bus stopped, I was like freaking out that the bus would go away without me. And like. I wanted to drink water, but was scared because I didn't know when the next pee opportunity would be. Yeah, I peed in a bottle. Yeah, so in the middle of the night, Lucas like had to pee so bad that he. There was which isn't really like that insane for me to do, but I peed in a bottle through the window. window. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and we didn't even talk about like the dust. So it was so dusty and hot. Like you had to have the window open because it was so freaking hot. But then when you open the window, all this dust would fly in. Yeah. I remember like trying to sleep and waking up with like a layer of dirt on me. Yeah. I remember sitting because you were at the back. I remember sitting like in the aisle, <laughs> like just staring like this at the front of the bus. Just like, <laughs> I can't fall asleep. I can't do anything. My computer was dead. I couldn't watch anything. <laughs> I remember waking up because I had managed to sleep a little bit and you were in the aisle and looking at you and you freaking out, like being really angry. Yeah. And then I just burst out crying. Yeah. And I was like bawling on the bus. Yeah, it's horrible. Just bawling. And didn't we like ask to get off the bus early? Um, yeah, we did. But then they wouldn't let us, yeah. which is right, which is fine. But then we got off the bus and we were like, this is heaven. And uh, but then we had to walk. We, we didn't have a place to stay. Like we were trying to Google like <gasps> a, a, a dro- near hotel. Yeah. And they dropped us off on the side of a highway. Somewhere in Mumbai. Yeah. So we didn't even know where we were. Yeah. And then every hotel is really expensive. I mean, we were backpacking. We weren't, you know, made of money. Yeah. So we had to find somewhere, quote unquote, cheap. And it sucked. And I remember taking a selfie in the back of a tuk tuk being like, this is my this is my face. Like, I've survived. <laughs> yeah. It really felt like we'd overcome something. Yeah. That was bad. I mean... I think we've learned never to take a bus in India for more than like seven hours. Yeah, but we did take other buses that were overnight and we were fine. I guess that one was pretty bad. No, I had a freak out on the other overnight bus we did. To Jay Selmer? Remember the bus in South India? Oh, yeah. I balled on that That one too. Yeah, because it was really windy. Super windy roads and uh, we couldn't find a seat. Yeah. And Aaron tried to get up and it was so windy that she kept on smashing over like to other seats. And she was like, fuck this. Oh, fuck this. And the woman who spoke English was like, she's using really bad language. <laughs> so what lesson did we learn there? I don't know. Just uh, just don't take overnight buses in India. Trains. Only take trains. Yeah. Trains are great. Yeah. Car rental disasters. We've had two. Yeah, the first one was kind of... It wasn't really like a disaster. It was just more... It it, was silly. It was silly. It was my fault. I went the wrong way up a parking garage. Like, how stupid am I? The signs were all messed up, and I was like, definitely this way. So I tried to, like, turn... I tried to turn right when I was supposed to go left up to, like, find a parking space. It was so narrow. It was unbelievable. And there was... You could see, like, all the... Tons and tons of scratch marks of cars that have tried to do what I did or just try to go the right way and still scratched their car. And so I I remember going up and hearing it just go, 
just was like, oh, my God, as if, as if this is happening right now. <laughs> yeah. So I backed up, parked the car. We went inside to this, like, we were, we were staying in an Emirates building, like the, the airline, because we were visiting a friend who worked for Emirates. And we had to, like, we were like, can you call someone? Like, it's not our fault. <laughs> but it totally was. And um, we tried to blame it on the parking garage. Yeah, we tried to blame it on the parking garage, which didn't work. And then, like, this whole, I don't know, then the next day the battery died. Remember that? Yeah. And then, like, and, every, and any accident that happens in in um, the UAE, they have to, like, you have to see the cops, right? Yeah, like you, you have ha- to report it and write up it. a police report. Yeah. So we did that, and they weren't the nicest people in the world, but it was so wet. But it was weird because, like, it had happened, the scratch had happened, and, like, two days later, we called the police and told them where we were, and they came, and we were, like, we scratched the car. It was just such a weird thing to be reporting. Yeah. Because it wasn't an accident yeah. involving another vehicle. So they took our statement, whatever, and then I don't know, they gave it to the um, rental place that we were renting from. Yeah. And then we had to pay like a crazy amount of money. Oh, obviously, they, they court us an insane amount, and we were like, hey, well, we can pay this, yeah. or we would like to pay this, please. And they were really good about it, and so they dropped the amount we had to we had to pay, which is really nice. Yeah. The policemen themselves weren't the most the nicest people in the world, but I mean, I wasn't expecting them to be. Yeah. But everyone else after that was super helpful. That was really shitty though because we only were in, we were only in Dubai for like not even a week, so half the time we were like freaking out about this car and how much money we had to spend because we were like at the end of our journey really of our big trip and we were like we can't really afford to drop a chunk of change because we still have to like we still have a month to go. Lesson learned. I know the lesson from this. Your credit card. Book your car rental with your credit card that covers auto accidents because. That was the issue for us is that we had paid for the card on a car on a separate card that didn't have that. Oh, yeah. And if we had had it, it would have been covered. Yeah. We used someone else's credit card, which is stupid. Yep. Okay. And then our other car issue was in Jordan. Which is actually kind of, and I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You tell it. You want me to tell it? How about yeah. you tell it? Okay. So we were driving in Jordan. I was going really fast. Luke was going really fast because he likes to drive fast and I don't question it because he's a good driver. Also, like we were in the desert and it was really fun going fast. There's no cars on the road. We were just zooming down the desert road, listening to a podcast, like really happy. And then um, suddenly Luke just looks at me and he's like, the car's gone. No, no, the car is like turned. The car is like the. I was like the battery died because yeah. our car, like the engine, shut off. Yeah. And my pedals didn't work. Yeah. My and brake I d- pedal. I didn't understand it. what you're doing because he kept like hitting the pedals, and I was like, "Oh, he's joking. <laughs> <laughs> he's just joking with me." <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> so the car like slowed down, and then we pulled over onto the side of the road, and within like two minutes, we were swarmed. By probably like 20 young children and they were just banging on the car um, and you looked at me and you were like stay in the car lock it and you got out of the car and you went and you approached this guy who was standing on the side of the highway selling oranges and you tomatoes. tried tomatoes and you tr- and he was like you want to buy tomatoes obviously not in English but he was like let's like would you like some tomatoes I said well we're kind of a problem like we don't know about the we don't the car is like not working <laughs> But I gave him money for tomatoes anyways. I thought, okay, maybe he'll well, want to help now. Did we get our tomatoes, though? No, I just gave him the money. Well, tomato would have been nice. <laughs> so, 
We were there for like two hours as different people tried to help fix the car. Yeah, so like all I say, like it, I wasn't stressed because I don't think we were both very stressed at all. I was just like, hey, this is what it is. Like, yeah. we're fine. We had a cell phone. Like, we had data. We were able to call the rental company. But it was really nice to have everyone help. So I think that the dude who was selling tomatoes, I think he was Bedouin. Um, you, you could see on the side of the road to the, to the right, there was a bunch of like, it was a village, right? Was a village, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, and all the kids were from the little village, and they were just kind of like hanging around the car. It's exciting for them, I guess. Yeah. Or something. Oh, these white people, what are they doing? But um, yeah, it was really cool because we were like flagging cars down, obviously, to try to help us. And so many people stopped. This was like unprecedented. Jordanians are so, so kind and friendly and welcoming. Um, so everyone was stopping, trying to help us. People were like trying to use jumper cables. Yeah. People were like <laughs> ripping the back of the car, like the seats up, yeah. trying to like access things and like help us. And then the ir- ironic thing is we waited so long to call the car company. And when I finally did, they fixed it for us. Yeah. They had turned the car off because we were speeding. After trying to call us a bunch of times, but whenever we travel and we have like a data or whatever, Aaron always puts it on airplane mode when she's not using it to just to save know, it. just to save it. And they called us, being like, "Yeah, like we tried calling you, we turned your car off. <laughs> you're just gonna get towed, like, and you're gonna wait for two hours." And we we're like, "Okay." <laughs> and then they call us back like 20 minutes later, and we're like, "They're like, try your car." They turned so, it back. So we turned on. And we're like, "Yeah, like, all right." <laughs> Uh, the best part about it is that right before the engine cut out, you and I were like happily discussing how much time we'd get. Oh, we'd save so much time. I was we driving were like, like oh, 160. Yeah, we're like 30 minutes ahead of schedule. And then we lost like three hours. Yeah. That was my birthday. <laughs> yeah, that was on your birthday. That was my birthday. What? Um, what did we learn from that? Don't speed in foreign countries. I mean, res- yeah, respect the speed limit. It was 120 kilometers an hour. Just go 119, baby. All day long. Um, Hiking disasters. There's really only been one. Yeah. But, okay. We were going to hike this volcano in Guatemala. Oh, we did hike the volcano in Guatemala. We did hike a volcano in Guatemala. It was one of the most amazing things we've ever done. It was spectacular. But when we decided we were going to do it, we had like four months to get ready. I was hardcore. I was like at the rock climbing gym, going on jogs. Yep buying hiking boots, yep. like getting myself all ready to go. I was like out on our patio, like skipping. Yeah, you're getting, you're conditioning yourself. I should have done fit. that. What yeah. did I do? What did Luke do? What did Luke do? I wore Converse shoes, my low top white Converse, and I was like, I'm going to stretch every day. And that's all I need to do. Didn't stretch every day. And then when I got there, I got, I got <laughs> fucked. <laughs> we... Like, I kind of knew what we were setting ourselves up for. Like, when you Google this hike, people... So, the, the volcano is called Volcano Catenango, and it's rated in a difficult hike. Like, there were reviews of people who are, like, badass hikers being like, this is a really hard hike. Yeah. Because you're basically hiking, like, straight up for six hours at high altitude. Yeah. We went up to 3,800 meters. Yeah. I mean, but also but also on that note, there were tons of people in our group that weren't like... That weren't hardcore hikers. Right. Yeah. You can do it. You yeah. can People, you can do it. We're not some hardcore people who were like, oh, we're going to do this amazing hike. It's doable, totally. 
it was just really funny how I put so much effort into like making sure I was ready yeah. for it, and you did nothing. <laughs> yeah, and then in the first in the first half an hour, I almost passed out. Same. I remember. Like I'm like, not lying. I was like, yeah, because you walk up this steep, steep kind of like it's almost like you're walking in like really loose dirt. It is. It was loose dirt. Yeah. And I remember like kind of collapsing on a bank. And my vision was, like, white and blurry. And I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember collapsing on the same bank, but, like, 20 meters behind you. And, like, blacking out. And then coming to and being like, I'm going to vomit. And yeah. then looking up and seeing you lying on a bank and being like, oh, no. Yeah. So we got, so then the, we were, like, that was, like, 10 minutes away from the first kind of resting point. <laughs> And so the guy was like, if you want to go back, now is your chance to go back. And I was like seriously looking at Aaron like, I don't care about the money. I don't care that we came all the way here to do this. Like, I'm going back. That was like, I didn't say it, but I was like, my eyes were like, we I know. To. I thought it too. I actually really did think like, maybe we should go back. Yeah. But as long as neither of us said it. Yeah. So then we, we ate we a banana. each other. We sat down, drank some water. Okay. Second breath. Third breath. Okay. We'll do this. Yeah. We're going to do this. Because we'd feel like shit if we didn't. Yeah. Imagine coming home and being like... Yeah, oh, we were there, but we didn't make we it. We didn't do it. Yeah. But Erin <laughs> killed it. Um, I was, like, constantly... She was, like, trying to, like, make me get make me go up the mountain. Like, come on, Luke, let's go. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> there can't be any more. This is a full-day hike, man. I got altitude sickness. Like, it yeah. was... Oh, my... What's happening to me? I got altitude sickness. Oh, we bought a beer to celebrate. Guess what happened? My beer popped in my bags. It was... It was go- it was fantastic and gorgeous. It was just like all the other stuff too. <laughs> but then once you got to the top and you see this thing erupting, it's like, oh my god. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Prepare. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. Be prepared. I be fit. Be fit before you hike a mountain. Before you hike a mountain, or at least no, don't be. At least put in some effort to condition yourself to do something like that. But it was so worth it. I didn't actually go up to the top, the top, top, top. Aaron did. I but didn't. you made it to base camp. I made it to base camp, and I just, great. like, in my tent, having altitude, altitude sickness is what it was. Yeah. I remember opening my tent and then just seeing and just, like, laying like a little cocoon mummy and looking at that <laughs> thing erupt and just like, this is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Will you ever hike up a volcano with me again? No. Never? Oh. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. What about the one in Japan? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, Lost wallet disaster. This is all me. This is Aaron. Which is all, but it wasn't, it was a different kind of stress. A a way different, maybe kind of even worse, to be honest. And more, it was just a lot more stressful. Yeah. I lost my wallet while we were in transit between two towns in Vietnam and my reaction was definitely dramatic. Yeah. I lost my mind. But I, I think that the anger came. So it's pretty common that you get like pickpocketed. And I probably wasn't. I think I literally just dropped it, like lost it. Yeah. And that's why I was so upset. And so I had a total meltdown, like crying, screaming, because I was mad at myself. Punching walls. Yeah. Yeah. It got a bit violent. <laughs> Yeah, on the phone for like hours on end. This is how I know he loves me because he didn't leave me when I reacted that way. I was kind of afraid. (laughs) But yeah, it was stressful. 
Um, but that is such a common thing to happen. And I think in retrospect, now that it has happened to me once and I got through it and everything was fine, I think in the future I would never react that way again. That's good. Because it wasn't the end of the world. No. It was stressful to figure out where where the cards would be shipped mm-hmm. and when they would be shipped and getting on the phone with someone who could help us. Because we spent, well, not me, but Aaron spent like over $100 um, calling home yeah so we were just it was a headache because it was so difficult to get in contact with the bank and the banks like are they're really frustrating like the credit card is easy they'll send you a new one no problem but the debit card i remember was such a headache Mm. for them to like confirm what day they were going to send it and approximately when it would arrive and then we had to figure out okay like where will we be when that package arrives finding a hostel that would accept the package for us it was just very stressful like logistically lesson don't lose your wallet yeah but (laughs) actually just be how about about be like extra extra paranoid paranoid's not the right word but i think actually because that was typically what i do is i separate my cash from my cards so I would carry my like daily cash in a little wallet and then my credit cards and my debit card I keep with my passport, yeah. which I keep on my body. And I think that I had gotten lazy with not putting my cards back in the extra safe bag um, because if I had lost my wallet and it was just cash, it would have been like not a headache at all. Yeah. Yeah, and so I broke my own rule of like always separating my important cards um, and putting them in an extra safe place. All right, this is probably our best one Mm. because it characterizes us really well. (laughs) Our collective anxiety disaster in India. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I have a rule when I travel. Never like pet animals. I don't give a I Just don't. Don't approach dogs. Don't approach cats. Don't pet cows. Don't pet donkeys. Don't do anything with an animal. And I'm the opposite. Aaron's the opposite. And I'm always being like, you can't stop. Stop petting that thing. <laughs> Nothing's ever happened. I just, I'm paranoid about it. And it, it and it helps me be like, I'm okay in this world. <laughs> and then one time we went, this one one time, we're in a little restaurant. And there's all these little kittens running around. And Aaron's playing with the kittens. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll play with the kittens. They're cute. Playing with these kittens. And then what happens, Aaron? You get scratched by a kitten. Yeah. I got a really bad kitten scratch. <laughs> got scratched um, by a kitten and immediately thought, rabies. Well, no. It was slow growing, my fear that it was rabies. Because I remember leaving and like looking at it and thinking, hmm. And then like Googling rabies and then being like, oh, no. <laughs> and then like seeing more scratches and being like, oh this could all be rabies and then asking the hotel guy like do kittens have rabies and he was like hmm (laughs) like didn't give a definitive answer then we went to dinner and I remember at dinner like furiously googling like can you get rabies from a kitten can you get rabies from a kitten and then all that came up were these articles about how rampant rabies is in India which is true and so like about three hours after the scratch happened, I was convinced. I was like, I have rabies. We have to go to a hospital right now. Yeah. And so we did. Yeah, so we did. So I became so paranoid that I was like, my options here are to get get the vaccine and feel better or spend the next six months in total fear that I'm going to die of rabies at any moment because rabies doesn't set in until like three to six months later. Yeah, so she, said, she was like telling me all this stuff about how 
the symptoms of rabies and how it's incurable. And I'm just like, like holy. It's certain death. Yeah. And so then he was getting really scared. So then we were like, we went to this rickshaw driver and we're like, you got to take us to a hospital. And I went to the hospital. And actually, now that I think about it, when I told the doctor, I was like, I showed him the scratch. And I, he was like, what scratched you? And I was like, a kitten. And he was like, uh. <laughs> like, so what? You're overacting. <laughs> but he gave me the vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is it's actually really, really, um, I know if you get if you get bit by something in Canada and you get, have rabies or you think you have rabies, the shot is really, really expensive. Mm-hmm. Really, really expensive. In India, it was not at all. It was like $6. Yeah. And you have to get five shots spread out in a certain amount of time. Yeah. So this is the thing. Like, we, my anxiety led to us having to go to a hospital every week for like a month to yeah. get these shots yeah. but it gets better so then we went to our next destination and we're sitting on a bench i forget what city we were in but we're sitting on a bench somewhere and i look down at luke's leg and i see a scratch and i'm like what scratched you yeah and i was like don't do this to me don't don't do this to me and i was like did a kitten scratch you <laughs> She planted her paranoia into my, into my deep inside my brain. Within ten minutes, he was convinced that he had rabies, and so we hopped in a rickshaw and went to a hospital. God Almighty! <laughs> so then we spent the next month, both of us, having to follow these rabies schedules for yeah. rabies shots. Totally unnecessary, but necessary for my mental health for sure. Yeah, and it was actually kind of an experience in itself. I mean. It wasn't a nice experience. But it was like, I got to see the inside of a hospital. It definitely, to, yeah. It definitely, it's kind of weird and twisted, but. It gave us into, insight into like the Indian medical system. Yeah. <laughs> but it? also like it was wild because, okay, we wouldn't have seen this otherwise. But like yeah. there was one hospital we went to where they had a whole rabies clinic. Yeah. Which really points to how much of an epidemic it is in India. Yeah. It has like the most rabies incidences in the world mm-hmm. by a lot. Mm-hmm. And like realistically, if you get bit by a dog in India, you absolutely do need to get a rabies. Yeah, vaccine. totally. Like we, so there's different like state, not stages, but if you get scratched by a cat, you know, it's iffy. If, if you get scratched and it draws blood, okay, that's a major deal. Mm-hmm. If you get like bit by a dog, like, and it's bleeding like crazy and the puncture wounds and like the skin is broken, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so there's different degrees of oh my god and we were like the lowest degree of oh my god we could have just been like i could have put peroxide on it and be like yeah let's go no peroxide doesn't kill the rabies oh, okay see Aaron knows more about this than i do i know so much because i was on such a googling spree <laughs> so the story isn't over WebMD. a couple months later we were in guatemala and uh there was this cat in a bar, and I really liked this cat. And every day we would go to this bar, and the cat would come up to me and sit on my lap. And she was white and beautiful, and I loved this cat. And then one one day, I was holding her, and something changed. And she, like, latched onto my arm. With what? Her teeth. Her teeth. Yeah. And I was screaming at you, get this cat off me! And so I was hitting the cat, being like, what is going on? Yeah. Trying to get this thing off her, because she was like... It was like it was like a like a like a pit bull when they clamp when they clamp their jaws and they can't and they lock your it was like that. Yeah, she was hanging off my arm. Yeah, I could have been like swinging this cat around. And this was just on the bar. Yeah, it's like Lake Added Land, like just like a bunch of 
hippies chilling. Um, yeah, so after that, I definitely had a little inkling. I was like, oh, this could be rabies. But I didn't freak out about it right away. I waited a couple days. When we got back home, I was like, hmm what if it's rabies and so i called public health and they were like you have to go to a doctor's office right now yeah and they're gonna inject you yeah and and she texted me this and i was just like of course (laughs) of course and then i got there and i go into the room and the nurse sits me down and he's like all right uh we'll get you fixed up and then he pulls out the needles and there's six of them and I was like, do I have to take all of those? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, where? And he was like, two in your arms, two in your legs, two in your bum, another one in your right arm. Wow. And I literally was like, do I have to? <laughs> and he was, apparently once you report it to public health, like legally. They have, have to? You have to do it. Yeah. And so I had to endure that. It was awful. Sore bum, sore arms, sore arms and sore bum. Yeah. yeah. And sore leg. And sore leg. It was awful. So I've learned my lesson now. I'm never touching animals again. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, just don't, just don't. It's not worth it. As much as long as they're like, I know they're cute and stuff, but just don't, people. Just don't do it. This comes back to my monkey thing. Like, this is why I don't understand why people touch monkeys mm. in Asia. It's so sketchy to touch a monkey. <laughs> they for sure have rabies. You think? Yeah, monkeys. I don't Think know. about their teeth, like. I just want them to rip my eyeballs out. <laughs> well, those are all our travel disasters. Actually, it's not nearly all of them, but those are a couple to introduce you to our saga. All right. So, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts? Yeah. Without, I'm not going to try and sound too preachy, but like, we we chose to go to these places, and. We knew we knew the risks that were involved, so it's not like this was this wasn't like crazy things that we didn't think were going to happen. We just didn't think they would happen to us, right? <laughs> and so they happened to us, and this okay. So this happens to you. What do you do? This is yourself by yourself in a foreign country with your significant other, which is really helpful, obviously. And you just you just got to go with emotions and go through it. Yeah. Your car breaks down. Yeah, it's freaky. Yeah, you want to scream and be like angry and stuff, but you expend your energy somewhere else. Don't be freaked out. Know everybody has a cell phone now. Everyone has data. Everyone can call anybody. Know that you have ways to get out of the situation you're in. Most of the time, I think. Yeah. And actually, that brings up a good point is that especially like you and I being who we are with like our privilege, anytime we end up in a shit situation. Yeah. We have at least the solace of knowing, like, we have family at home, people who can help us yeah. if we ever need it. And we're like, we we can use our privilege to not go into the line in India where everyone's getting a, like, line up with hundreds of people who are getting rabies shots. We can go to the doctor and be like, I need a rabies shot right now. I will pay for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, we can, we can use that, which is not, well, I mean, it's just reality. Yeah. And it's shitty. But that's what we can, that's what happened to us anyways. Yeah. But also, like, I don't want to come off as, like, because I do get really frustrated at travelers who, because of their, like, privilege, are take, like, unnecessary risks. I don't feel like we ever take unnecessary risks. No. What do you mean, what do you mean unnecessary, unnecessary risks? Like, like, put ourselves in a position where we would need to be bailed out. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, this is all kind of like mundane stuff yeah. that happened to us. Yeah. Food poisoning really, really sucks. Like, I got food poisoning <laughs> like three times in Vietnam, once in, in Laos, like once in India. I got it in Kiev. It sucks so badly. I, I can't even, I can't, anybody who has had food poisoning before, you feel me, man. <laughs> There's lots of little stuff in traveling too, like every, like the day-to-day kind of frustrations that happen. Just, okay, take a deep breath, chill out. Go back to your room if you need to. Know that your significant other is there. Know yeah. you can hop on Facebook and talk to your friends if you're like that freaked out. Yeah. Move on. But you're right. Like only expend energy on solving the problem rather than like focusing on the problem itself. Yeah. Don't ruminate. Don't think, oh God, why me? Why me? Why me? Mm-hmm. Why now? Why now? Why now? Why this happened? Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. This happened to you. Let's figure out how to fix it. And I feel, and this is like in support of travel. I feel like traveling, especially us traveling together, has developed in us a really great approach to problem solving and that we have learned together to cope with things and not letting things like set us back. We've just found a way. And that was something that I noticed like with the car breakdown. I think this is in Jordan, right? In Jordan, which is recent. I think if that had happened to us like three years ago, we might have had more of a meltdown. Yeah. Because now we're, we understand each other. We understand the reality of the situation in a way that we didn't before. Yeah. Like in that moment, we both knew that like there was no point in getting upset. There was nothing we could do other than hope that the people who were stopping would be able to help us and hope that like the situation would work out, which it did. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I feel like that is, is a takeaway for us, like also in our home lives. We're able to be like more relaxed about problems. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Luch. Thanks, Luch. I always hear you guys when I'm in my bedroom. You guys talking away. <laughs> Thank you to Katie, our producer, for making. Did you just burp? Yes, yeah, <laughs> for making us sound so profesh, even Luke's burps. Um, and a shout out to Music Array for the cool little music bits you're hearing. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram and now on Twitter. We're at at alpacamybags.pod. Or you can go to our website, which is alpacamybags.ca. We're super responsive, so reach out anytime. If you like what you're hearing, please let us know by reviewing the podcast. And remember to subscribe while you're at it. Every subscription tells us that you love what you're hearing, and it helps us to boost our show on the podcast charts, so please don't be shy. Tune in every other Wednesday for more episodes, and I hope you all get to alpaca your bag soon. Until next time.